Ooh, y'all, I am glad to be here with you today, and uh, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts, and I think we need to, we have to take a moment to honor the amazing gifts of these musicians. What a joy. That was so beautiful. Our scripture today is going to come from 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start at verse 4 and go through verse 13. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit, faith to still another by the same Spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit, performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart to another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what the Spirit wants to each person. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts are one body, even though they are many. We were all baptized in one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this idea of gifts, spiritual gifts, gifts given by the spirit, shows up several times in the letters that are written in the New Testament. And here in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, we have this whole long list of them. Um, in Romans, there are some that are, that are similar, and, and there's some bonuses over there in Romans chapter 12, which, side note, is my very favorite chapter of the whole Bible. It is delightful and encourages us and strengthens us and gives all kinds of guidance. Okay, so Romans chapter 12 has prophecy and teaching and serving and exhortation and giving and compassion. We see another list in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, which includes prophecy and teaching. That's kind of consistent. Healing, oh, nope, apostleship. I was looking at the wrong place on the page. Uh, prophecy, teaching, apostleship, evangelism, and shepherding. And if we look later, even in the same chapter of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, like towards the very end of that chapter, um, right before we get to maybe one of the most, common, most commonly read, most commonly heard chapters of the Bible, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which you have heard at any wedding you've ever gone to, um, which is all about love and how we live in love and without love, uh, everything we do is hollow. So right before that, uh, Paul talks about teaching and apostleship and, and being helpful and even administration as a gift of the Spirit. So this is a pretty lengthy list. 
And yet, it can't possibly be everything that is a spiritual gift, right? Because, like, music is not listed on there. Are there any other spiritual gifts that you can think of that are not in this pretty long list? Anybody? Bueller? Uh, a certain generation laughs at that joke. It's mine. Um, so sometimes they're surprising, and sometimes they're things that you don't even realize um, are spiritual gifts that you have. When I was a kid, other kids at school, um, the ones who didn't necessarily like the new girl, we moved a lot because my parents are both Methodist ministers. Um, and so there was always somebody who would tease me and say that I was bossy Beth. Um, my mom, however, said that every time we were on a road trip and we would stop at a rest area, by the time it w we were getting back in the car, I would have organized all of the kids from everyone else's family to play a game together. So you may have seen um, memes on Facebook or, or elsewhere uh, that talk about how when little girls are called bossy, there's actually leadership skills there. Um, so sometimes our spiritual gifts are identified differently by others. And sometimes they're affirmed by others. Sometimes they're surprising. And they're things that we don't think might be a spiritual gift. For example, uh, I found out two weeks ago that I am definitely moving one week from today. So that's a big whirlwind. I've been packing like, uh, you know, crazy. And a friend of mine has been at my house several times this week and all day yesterday. And we have discovered that her spiritual gift is throwing shade, giving me that look when I really need to put something into the donate or trash pile instead of into a box. <laughs> it's fantastically helpful. And she didn't know that that was something that she would be good, you know, like that that would be really helpful to me. She was like, I'm just sitting here watching you. And I was like, no, this is, this is good. Um, sometimes spiritual gifts are a surprise. Sometimes we learn that we have one because somebody points it out in us. Sometimes, like the women that I work with at the shelter at Metropolitan Ministries, sometimes we're told that we're not good at certain things over and over and over again until we believe it. And sometimes we're told that we're only good at one thing. So for a lot of those women, what they identify as their greatest strength is being a mom because that's the thing that they can see that they do every day, that people tell them they're doing a good job at. But these are amazing, creative, strong, resilient women who, you know, manage a family, who um, are over and over again restarting. So they are self-starters. They, they have all sorts of different gifts as humans in the same way that all the rest of us do, right? So um, last year... When I very first started, I've been at Metro since January of last year, and uh, I was doing a self-training program, and I was going to a whole bunch of different things on campus, just trying to learn everything I could, because Metro's huge, and there's so much. And so I uh, went to all the classes and things that the residents had to go to, so I did the health and wellness assessment and all of that stuff that they do, but I also sat in a group with them, with several of the women, for six weeks. And it was a group about trauma-informed care. And trauma-informed care is kind of a new thing, and it's big in case management and counseling and education. 
And my job is to help translate it into the spiritual side of things. Um, and so I'm sitting with these women, and, and we learn about um, self-care. And, you know, in the long term, how you take care of yourself and make sure that you will be able to handle all the things that happen, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And safety plans, which are like momentary self-care. Like if you're in a situation and somebody says or does something that just pushes your buttons and you are no longer able to focus, how can you get yourself back to who you are in that moment? So for me, it's things like remembering my favorite Bible verse, which is from Romans 12. Um, Let your hope keep you joyful. Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. Or putting on some lavender-scented lotion, because that's like a calming scent. Um, some people, it's looking on their phone for a picture of somebody who really loves them, or remembering a certain memory. Um, everybody has a different kind of safety plan. So we go over those in that group, as well as all sorts of other things. And then at the end of this six weeks, we're having our celebration party to end that, uh, that group. And one of the women looks at me, and I had only been there about two months or so. And she says, you know what we really need is a women's empowerment group. Because what if we walked out of here with 50 friends and a whole network of people that we could count on and who would, we could spend time lifting each other up and, and building each other up instead of being competitive or catty or tearing each other down? And I did not have a program. I was building one, and there wasn't anything yet. And so I said, yeah, let's do that. So I spent two months with these women, figuring out what they wanted to do and, and writing a declaration. They, they wrote a declaration about um, their commonality. And they named the group I Am Her because they said every woman has something in common. And it's not necessarily the same thing. But every woman can look at another woman and say, I am her, and I am her, and I am her, and I am her. And so they really focused on that empathy and that connection. And it's so beautiful. So they wrote this declaration, and every week now, I get to recite it with this new group of women. Because those original five have all graduated. And they're all doing good things in the world, and their, their families are stable. And so every week, I sit with these women, and we say, we are women who encourage and empower each other, have seen some things and been through things have lived in the shadows and are bringing forth light, have been silenced, and together we have a voice. Need love and give so much of it. I love it. It keeps going. And over and over again, they're affirming their strengths and they're naming their pain at the same time. And they're also talking about how they're... they're, they're are things they hold in common. So this is World Communion Sunday, and one of the things that I love about World Communion Sunday is that all over the world today, there are other churches who are celebrating communion. There are other churches who are remembering intentionally, physically, that we are all a part of one body. We're all part of the body of Christ. And I actually am a huge, huge, like, nerd. I'm super Methodist. And I love the communion liturgy. And, and we're not going to do that um, because um, y'all are way more laid back than I am. And what I love about the liturgy is that my dad said those same words, and so did my mom. 
and my dad's dad and my dad's dad's dad read those same words with their congregation. And so they would echo back and forth the same things. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere. And so it goes on and on and all these beautiful words that unite us and remind us that we're not alone in this. We're not alone in any of it. And the language is our and we. One of the things about this scripture, Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit with many parts. Every single one of us was born into a community, into relationship, into a family. We were created to be in relationship with other people. Our lives are automatically interwoven with others. Now, some of those relationships that we're born into are not great. Sometimes they are broken, and sometimes they are messy and destructive. And so we find that community and that family and that healthy mutuality somewhere else. And that is good and okay. We are created to be in community, to be many parts of one body. And I love that if we really think about God and how we're made in God's image, God is community. If we look at the Trinity, God is community in relationship. And we're made in that image. Isn't that beautiful? So as we think about these spiritual gifts, you may know what some of yours are. You may not. And um, I'm told that on the front page of the website for the church, there is a link to a spiritual gifts inventory. And so you can go and you can fill that list out and you can try and see what those things might be if you're not sure. You also might see some spiritual gifts in other people. And they might not know what those things are. Do you know anyone who has a spiritual gift of hospitality? Yeah, right? My grandmother, like, it was such a part of her that all through my childhood, um, whenever we would go visit my grandparents in Gainesville, there would be some random person that I was told was related to me somehow who was living in their extra rooms while they were going to UF. It was so embedded in her that when somebody at church said that there was a baby, this was in the early 50s, there was a baby who didn't have a family to love it, my grandparents adopted her just because somebody at church said, we think that you should have this baby. Do you know somebody with a spirit of hospitality? And have you told them how amazing that is? Do you know somebody who has a spirit of teaching and every time that they talk about something, you learn something you never would have known? Do you know somebody who is able to organize things in ways that make sense that you never ever could have done? 
Have you told folks how important those things are? Because part of us being in this together is building each other up. And we need those gifts of the other people because none of us have all of these gifts. There's a lot of stuff on here that I am not good at. And so I'm grateful that other people are. If you think about your family even, or your, your friend group, you can probably identify who has what kind of role. Who does the planning when you're going to go on an adventure? Who makes sure that there is gas in the car and that you know where the rest stops are? And who's the person who's putting the wet wipes in the bag so that when it's sticky, you don't have to be sticky? We all have really weird and different spiritual gifts. One of the things that I was reading in preparation for this talked about um, grouping these. And so there are nurturing gifts and outreach gifts and witnessing gifts and organizing administrative gifts. But all of these, all of them, all these different, totally weird, specific gifts that we might have all come from the same source. They all come from the Spirit of God which was breathed in us when we were created in God's image. And they are all embedded in us, not for us, but for the good of the whole, the whole body, the whole family, the whole community, the whole church, and really the whole world. one of the things about World Communion Sunday is that we're remembering that we are part of that one body. We all have these gifts, and gifts are made for sharing. We learned that when we were tiny, right? And then we forgot it as quickly as we could, because we don't always like to share. But we are made to share and we need to share in order to have everything that we need. And there are plenty of things that we have too much of. Some of that is physical stuff, and some of it is extra capabilities, right? And there are things that other people need. When we pray at the end of chapel at, uh, at Metro, and I learned this when I was in college on a mission trip, um, we pray with our thumbs to the left so that one hand is up and one hand is down, so that we remember our mutuality. And it's tricky. Um, we remember that we always have something to offer and we always need something from the other person. That we always are in relationship with other people. We need each other. So, one of the things to remember is that every single person has these gifts. Not just me, not just you. And they were embedded in us. Frederick Buechner talks about them. He talks about vocation and our calling. He was a theologian, and he said that this all becomes evident where your deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. Where your deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. There's a whole lot of hunger, right? Some of it's real, like tangible, physical hunger. 
we're heading into the holiday season and um, Metro through our Tampa location, our Pasco location and our community partners in Polk and Pinellas, um, we will see 20,000 families. Families, not just individuals who need a meal at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. There is real physical, tangible hunger in our community and in our world. But there's also so much else, so many other hungers for community and relationship and love. So my question for you that I'll leave you with as you dive into the rest of this week is how can you use your gifts to be sure that others have what they need? How can you use your gifts to be sure that others have what, what they need? Where does your deep gladness meet the world's deep hunger? Let's pray. Oh, God of all creation, we give you thanks. We ask for your guidance as we continue to learn and grow, as we learn more about who you've created us to be, as each season of our lives prepares us for the next and, and gives us more skills and training to use to serve you and your children. God, help us to lift each other up and to offer each other hope and strength to remember that we are in this together, all of us. Even when we don't necessarily want to be, that you have created us to be in relationship with others. Remind us, God, that all of this is rooted in love, your love for us, and our responsive love for you and for others. I pray in your holy name. Amen.